Hi, and welcome to Northampton Bible Church's podcast. We are glad that you're here today. If you'd like to learn more about Northampton Bible Church, you can check us out at nbchurchcf.org. You can also interact with us on social media at nbchurchcf. And now, here's today's message. So 40 days of prayer. We've been talking about prayer. Uh, If you are are new here today, or you're new in the last couple weeks, uh, we uh, have been spending the last number of Sundays talking about prayer, and you've been challenged to pray. If you are new, uh, you haven't joined us too late, I promise. You're still allowed to pray. Uh, We have prayer journals that you can take with you. They're actually really good to help you kind of prompt you to to get into the Word of God, to to pray about something specific for that day. Uh, So there's a lot going on. There's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. And I've heard other stories besides the one that Lori has told. But uh, God is at work. And I mean it, that we, He is always at work, but we have the privilege to be able to join in with what God is doing. And to not be concerned about the things that don't matter, but to be concerned about eternal things is where my heart beats. To see God work in your life and to change you and to transform you from where you are today to where he wants you to be, I mean, that's where it's at. And we want to see that not only just in this place, but see it in our own lives of what God is doing. Over the past few weeks, to kind of catch you up, uh, we've been talking about prayer and we've learned that prayer is a conversation. It's not just something you've got to like beat yourself up and hope that God will hear you, that God wants to hear you, that God uh, wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to hear from you. And the cool thing is, is that this God of the universe, this creator, this all-powerful God hears you. That when I cry out to him and you cry out to him and you pray to him and you worship him, he, he hears you. That should overwhelm you a little bit. Because kind of, have you ever watched uh, Bruce Almighty? I mean, it's not the greatest movie ever, uh, but that time when all of a sudden everything started to click and he started hearing prayers and he's like, ah, I'm overwhelmed. He's like, yeah, that's just from like this zip code or something. It was, you can imagine. Uh, but in all of that, God hears you. That should be awe-inspiring. That should be something. We learn, too, that God is good all the time. Yes, and all the time. God is good. That God is not just good in who he is, but he's good in what he does. That God is good. And we learn, too, that God's plans for you will always be for your good. You may not agree with that. You may not believe that. But you have to understand that God is going to use all things that happen in your life to draw you to himself. That he's going to use it for good and for his glory. And there are times that I think we struggle with that and say, yeah, but but what about this? And say, but how, how has God used that? Or how are you allowing God to use that in your life? If you're honest with yourself, you would say, yeah, God's used some pretty garbagey situations in my life to really make me who I am today, to bring me into a relationship with him, to, to help me to take a step that I never would have taken without it. That God is using all those things, and he wants you to have a relationship with him. He wants you to trust him. He wants you to follow him. And when we talk about prayer today, if you're like me, you've struggled with prayer. That I have struggled seeing prayer as a duty. That I must pray, and if I don't pray, or I don't pray right, or if I don't pray enough, God's not going to be happy with me. If I don't say the right words, or say them in the right order, or whatever, that that God says somehow it's going to cause a a problem between I and God, and maybe God's not even going to hear me because I'm not saying the words right. That we're supposed to pray, right? I mean, that's what we're supposed to do, and we have this mindset that we're just supposed to pray. 
If we're not careful, prayer can become this thing that we do as opposed to this communication that we have. If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Luke chapter 10 real quick. I I mentioned this at the very end of the service last week, and I feel like we need to start here, and we're going to come back to it at the very end, but we need to start here. Because I think if you're like me, and I think you are, at least some of you are, that you have grown up in church and you have experienced these things as being things that you're just supposed to do. And one of them being prayer, and that prayer is just this thing we do, and, and it's, it's mealtime, so we must pray, and if we don't pray, then God's not going to bless our food, and we're going to get food poisoning or something. Something bad's going to happen if we don't pray. And so we pray out of this sense of duty, and we go to, to Bible studies out of this sense of duty, and, and some of it is just to, to get information, and then that's okay, we're going to talk about that in a minute. But we do these things not because of a relationship that we have with God so much as so we don't get in trouble or so that we please God, or so that God's happy with us. And I think some of us have gotten to this point where we are so busy about doing the things for God that we miss God in the things. In Luke chapter 10, it's Mary and Martha, and and Jesus stops over at Mary and Martha's house, and this is not Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, This is another Mary, and you might be familiar with this, this account, but I want to read it to you, and we're going to look at it for a minute, because I think this is where some of us are, and some of us have been, and I, want to, I just want to just see this, because, well, let's read it. Now, as they, this is verse 38. By the way, I didn't say this, and I want to say this, that uh, there are Bibles there in front of you. If you don't have a Bible, uh, please take that one with you. If you know someone that needs a Bible, take that for them. Uh, it can be a gift from you. That's fine. We just want the Word of God to be in your hands. Now, you may have it on your phone, but the nice thing about this is you don't get notifications on your Bible very often, so it's, not, it's just distracting. And if you're easily distracted, it's hard to do that. So, verse 38. Now, as they were on their way, Jesus entered the village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. And so we have these two sisters, and Jesus is invited into their house, and he's like, hey, come have dinner with us. And what we have is Martha, who invited him in, and we have Mary sitting at his feet listening to him. Verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her to help me. Martha, Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. And I believe that God brought this passage to mind. We, we have discussions a lot about things, and meaning like even in our, our real-life discipleship small groups, we talk about all kinds. You can't imagine the squirrels that we chase sometimes in a good way of just, what about this and what about that and this thing? And, you know, this was spurred on by feeling like that maybe our prayer journal, it's not like, it's not what I expect, or it's not deep enough. And, And some of you have said that, and some of you have thought that. And I don't say that out of, like, how dare you? I say that because I want to explain something to you, but I also want to maybe have you take a step back in your, in what you do in your time with God. Because I think what has happened at times, and I'm not saying that this is what happened with them, but I'm saying what God really showed me personally in my own life is that I can be so busy about doing things for God that I miss God in the things. 
that I can be so busy running around and saying, look, God, look at all this stuff that I'm doing. Look how productive I am. And God is saying, I just want you to be with me. I just want you to sit at my feet. I just want to have a relationship with you. I just want to just spend time with you. I don't care about all the other stuff that you're doing and how well you can sing and how good you can do this. I just want to have a relationship with you. And I think sometimes we don't equate that, that that's not as good as, but look how busy I am. Like in our culture, we have this idea that the busier we are, the better we are, the more productive we are, the more that, that, that our boss will like us. But ultimately, if we're really, really, really busy for God, that God will love us more. And yet God says, I can never love you less. But that doesn't make sense in our minds because, well, if we're not busy, then we're not being productive. We're not being productive, then God, you're not happy. You know, God says, I'm happy. I just want you to spend time with me. And I think we've missed that because I think we've equated being busy for God as being spiritual. When Jesus says, I just, I, just wanna, I just want you to listen. I just want to have a conversation. I just want you to pray. That we can spend so much time being busy with the things of God that we miss God in the things. And I want to challenge you in that because I think what we have done is we, we have our quiet times and we do our Bible memorization and we go to Bible studies and we get all this information and the more information that we gather, the more spiritual we feel. And for a long time, I think we've equated information with discipleship, that the more I can learn and I'm going to take one more Bible study and don't hear me, the Bible studies are okay Being in a room with other people where we're really digging into Scripture is okay, but don't let information be equated to transformation if there's no application. If I'm not willing to put into practice what I already know, then I'm missing the mark. I'm missing the point. Does that make sense? It's so important that we understand this, that I don't get up in the morning and I, and I pray like, okay, good, I prayed. I'm going to read, and I'm going to read a lot, God, so you know how, how serious I am. Okay, good. And all the while, I'm not even connecting with God. I'm just doing my stuff. Don't let that be you, because it can very easily be me. But God, of course, I did my devotions, and I did my quiet time, and I prayed, and I even sang a song. Isn't that great? And, and I have not connected with God at all. How can you... Is it possible to pray and not connect with God? I think so. I can feel really good about myself. I prayed for four hours, didn't I? I didn't. But you know, that I prayed, and, and, and I think all the while God's like, yeah, but are you not even talking to me? And it's not meant to scare you and to make you feel bad. I guess I just, I feel within me this sense that I just want us to understand the importance of just being with God. To be still and know that he is God. To sit at his feet and just, and if our prayer time looked a lot less like me talking, 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 and, and me just saying, okay, God, just, I just want to be quiet. And that is so hard in our culture. That's so hard in my life. Because I always have music on, I have something going on, there's this thing, and there's that notification, there's that thing, and so I have like three seconds and then something else. To just be quiet. God, speak to me, speak to my heart, speak to me through your word. And I'm not saying that we demand God, like, I want to hear your voice. I have not heard the voice of God. But I definitely, God has spoken into me things of like, God, I know that's your answer. I mean, things like Lori shared where it was kind of like, God, I just need to know. And all of a sudden, well, that's who I need to talk to, okay? But we got to be quiet enough and sit long enough to hear that. May we not be people who are so busy 
in things that we miss God in that. To see the heart of all of this, that this has been uh, largely self-directed on purpose. Uh, I think I sound like I'm justifying what we're doing. I don't want to sound like that. (laughs) I'm trying to share my heart with you. That this has been self-directed, even with the, the prayer journal that we have, simplified so that you can experience God. So that you can spend time with God. So that it's not dependent upon, hey, we did this week-long prayer thing where you all came to the church and it was dependent upon me and it was dependent upon the church, but it's really you and God. If I've done my job, if we as disciples of Jesus have done our job, we are helping people to be, to be able to feed themselves, to grow on their own, to make disciples who make disciples. Can imagine if you had a 30-year-old kid living in your house still? I mean, some of you might, and I apologize. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Don't look at him right now. Look at him later. But can you imagine if you had a child that you, that you didn't let grow up, and you said, ah, it's okay, you can still be a kid. The greatest thing that we can do as parents is to launch our children into life. And the greatest thing we can do spiritually is to be able to help people to grow on their own. So that your prayer life is not dependent upon me. <laughs> your prayer life is not dependent upon the church. That if I come to church, i got to be there to pray. No, I can pray wherever I am. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for me. Is that we would be people that, that love God with all that we are and love our neighbor as ourselves and are committed to making disciples who make disciples. I mean, what would your life look like if that's, if that's my heartbeat? That's what I want to be about. I'm not there yet, but that's what I want to be about. It would change the way that you pray. It would change the way that you look at prayer. It would change, it would change your life. That's a big part of our real-life discipleship is that, is understanding who you are in Christ and understanding what, you're, what God is calling you to do and be. And it's changing people's lives. And it's not real-life discipleship. It is God using real-life discipleship, and it's God using relationships to change people's hearts and lives. That excites me. A year ago, we were in a different place. And if you're brand new, uh, I'm going to share something with you in the end that uh, <laughs> you, I don't like to bring up the past, but I want, you, I want you to know that I want us to be authentic and I want us to be real. Because I believe, I'm not just telling you to be real and I'm not going to be, I'm telling you, uh, we need to be real. Because God will use that to change hearts and lives. So if you're in Luke, Go to 1 Thessalonians. <laughs> that was a, a, w- a really good introduction. How about that for you? <laughs> but I feel the need to, to talk about those things and to bring us all up to the same page. Uh, it really, it, we will circle around to that at the end, but it's so important that we understand this. I'm going to put these on the screen. This is, I'm going to read this passage uh, but I want you to hear these words from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 because what you're going to see in 1 Thessalonians 5 is, for, uh, we're going to look at verse 14 through 22, is this idea that I, if I'm going to live the crucified life, if I'm going to live this life for Christ, if I'm going to walk as a Christ follower, it's not because I got up today and said, doggone it, today I'm going to be more patient. I'm going to be more kind. I'm going to be more gentle. Well, what it means is, God, today, if, if anything good is going to happen, anything eternal is going to happen, if there's going to be any impact, it's going to be because I've surrendered my life to you. And I'm walking in your power. Galatians 2.20, if you don't know Galatians 2.20, write that down, memorize that verse, especially if you call yourself a Christ follower. 
Because that's what it means to walk this out. That I've been crucified with Christ. Therefore, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live, I walk by, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That I, I live because he lives in me. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, starting in verse 14, he says, We urge you, brothers, to admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, to help the weak, be patient with them all. And this reality is, is uh, we can't do this without God's power within us. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, which we're prone to do apart from God's power within us. But Paul says, but always seek to do the good to one another and to everyone. Then he says, verse 16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That God's will for you is that you walk in his power and strength so that you can rejoice always. It's not natural for me to say, I am so rejoicing about everything, but by God's power in me, I can rejoice. By God's power within me, I can pray without ceasing. By God's power within me, I can give thanks in all circumstances, knowing that God is going to use those circumstances for my good and for his glory. Following Jesus doesn't mean things get easier. But following Jesus means that my, I, I, my circumstances and my situations get filtered through his word, get filtered through his perspective, that I can trust God in all of those things because God is going to use them somehow. And he goes on, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. Abstain from evil, from every form of evil. That I can't walk these things out apart from the the power of God in me as I trust him to do this each day. And one of the things I want to focus on this morning in the time we have left is that verse, chapter, or (laughs) we'll get there, verse 17, where Paul says to pray without ceasing. This is in your notes too. I even put two other passages that I want you to see uh, because I want us to see what this really means. It says, pray without ceasing in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 6, pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And again in Romans chapter 12, Paul says, rejoice in hope. I love this verse. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. And so three times that we know of in these three passages, Paul says to be constant in prayer, to pray without ceasing, to keep on praying. And so you look at that and say, well, I'm not doing that. I don't think, I, I'm not sure if I'm doing that. What, what does that look like? And that's what I want to talk about in our time that we have left and what this looks like to, to be constant in prayer, to pray without ceasing. Uh, in your notes, your study guide, if you have it there, I want to tell you a couple of things that it doesn't mean. Because when you think about praying without ceasing, you think of this constant state of like, I can't go to work today. I can't go to school today. Mom, I've got to pray all day. That's what the Bible says. I'm in this constant state of prayer that I can't stop praying, that I need to keep praying, and I can't even talk to you right now because I'm supposed to be praying. That's not what Paul means. He doesn't say, hey, don't stop. Whatever you do, don't be unproductive in society and keep praying. Another thing that it doesn't mean is vain repetition. This idea of just saying words over and 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 hope that God will hear you. That it's not about that. I mean, we looked at this verse, verse a couple weeks ago when Jesus said, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, those that are outside of the people of God, for they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. There's a lot in those verses, but how important is that to understand that we don't have to keep 
saying words and that God might finally hear us, but that he hears us when we speak. He hears us when we reach out to him. He knows our situation before we reach out to him. It's not a thing of like, oh, sorry. He knows. And that we don't have to be like that, that parent that won't listen until you finally badger them to death. and like, okay, fine, what do you want? But God hears you, and God cares about you. That we don't, it doesn't mean that we continue to on in vain repetition. The last thing it doesn't mean is this meaning, meaningless pre-written prayers repeated back to him. Uh, it's okay to write out prayers. It's okay to express your heart that way. Uh, what I'm talking about is it doesn't mean like I'm just going to keep repeating these words and they don't mean anything. It's kind of like this duty that I have that when I see prayer as penance, when I see prayer as trying to make up or to be forgiven for something, and so I pray these words in the hopes that God will forgive me, uh, we don't see that in Scripture. Because prayer is communication. Prayer is a relationship. Prayer is me talking to God. And so to pray without ceasing doesn't mean these things. But what it does mean is this. That prayer is really a heart of dependence, expression, a heart expression of dependence. That as we said, that prayer is this ongoing dependence upon God. The very, the very fact that I pray is an expression of my dependence upon God. If I didn't depend upon God, then I wouldn't pray, right? God, I don't need you. Well, I don't need to talk to you. It's an expression of dependence. Uh, Surrender my life today. Think of uh, Matthew chapter 6. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you, that, that when I get up in the morning, God, today is your day. When I go into work, God, this moment, this time is for you. When I walk into school or any other place that you go, God, it's for you. That I surrender my day to him and that you would ask God to transform you through what happens. Uh, This dependence also goes to your sin. Of confessing your sin and and trusting in God's forgiveness because God is faithful to forgive you. That prayer is dependence upon his mercy and his goodness in your life. Even those times when you haven't been good. The first John says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It doesn't say because you're good enough, God forgives you. It says because he's good. Because he is faithful that you're forgiven. And that God's dependence, this idea of prayer and dependence also goes to my temptation. If we're honest, uh, we get tempted pretty often. And the idea is that we need to continue to walk in God's presence of dependence and say, God, I'm about to walk into this situation or I'm with this person in this relationship that's taking me to places that are out of bounds. And God, I, I either need to get out of this relationship or it needs to change and boundaries need to be set up, but I don't want to walk in this place. The problem for us is that temptation is called temptation for a reason, because it's exciting, because it is out of bounds, because it's like, oh, you know, this, this little bit won't hurt. But the nice thing is, is in my dependence upon God, God tells me in 1 Corinthians ten thirteen that no temptation has seized me, has overtaken me, that is common to man. But what do we see about God in this verse that we also saw in 1 John 1, 9? But God is... God is faithful. Even when we're faithless, God is faithful. That when I confess my sin, God is faithful to forgive me of my sin. That when I'm faced with temptation, God is faithful. 
that he will not allow you to be tempted beyond that which you are able or your ability, but with the temptation will provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. The problem is when it comes to temptation is that if we're honest, we really don't care. Or we think without saying it, we think, well, I'm just going to be forgiven anyway. Now, we don't say that. And we might not even outright think that. But if we didn't think that, would we do it? In other words, if we, if we believed that we wouldn't be forgiven, we'd probably be more apt to not fall into that, that temptation, right? But because deep down inside of me, I know that God will forgive me, I'll just do it. It's not a big deal. I mean, it's a big deal. God, I'm sorry. That's not what God calls us to do in our lives. We are to walk in dependence upon him, aren't we? And dependence comes with my surrender to him and when I face temptation and you are going to fail. You are going to give in to temptation, but the heart is and the goal is would be that you would say, but God, give me the strength to overcome it. And not just overcome it, but God, there's a side door out. I want to see that it is. And the problem is, and this is true for you and it's true with me, that we see that way out and we say, mm, but I really want this more than I want that. I really want to please myself more than I want to honor you. And then you fall into this trap which you've heard this before, is that we think it, and then we want it, then we do it, and then we pay for it. That that's just getting stuck in the trap of sin, and that's what we experience often. And the, the heart is, and the goal is, that at that think it stage, you say, God, you know my heart. You know that I really want to please myself right now. God, give me the power to say I want to, I want to please you more. That's really hard in the, in the moment. That's why you have to decide your boundaries in advance. That outside of that, you say, okay, look, if in this relationship, we've got to make boundaries because in the moment, I'm not going to choose to stop. Or that if you, if you have issues on your phone that you can't stop going and looking at things that you shouldn't look at, that you need to have boundaries set up because you can't do that and even say, God, I don't even want to do this because it's dishonoring to you. It's dishonoring to my wife. It's dishonoring to my husband. It's dishonoring to my relationships. I think sometimes we don't think that highly of sin and we say it's not, I mean, it's a big deal if we're all being honest. It's a huge deal. And prayer is really walking in dependence upon God that if you want to walk in a way that pleases Him, it's because you're surrendered to Him and you're dependent upon Him. That's in part what it means to pray without ceasing. It's also a declaration it's a hard expression of declaration that you are thankful to God for who He is and what He has done. That you get caught up in that moment of God. You see a sunshine, a sunrise, or a sunset, or a whatever, and it just causes you, God, you are just so awesome. That my praying without ceasing is not only a, a, a dependence upon him, but this declaration of God, you are so good. Psalm 118, 24 says that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That really that should be on our hearts and on our, our, our lips when we get up in the morning, even before we have coffee. 
Some of you don't believe that that's possible, but by faith it will be possible. (laughs) This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. God, thank you for another day. God, thank you that I can breathe in and breathe out. But may that, and this is hard for me, may that not be the goal for us as Christ followers. To put the standard up there to say, because I'm alive, that God is good. Because maybe God might choose to do something in my life that I would never want to choose, but God is going to use that for my my good and for his glory. I think sometimes we set the standard of, as long as I live a long time, then God is good. As long as I live a long time, then I'm being, that God is doing something. But maybe God wants to use your life in some other way, and we never want to say that, and we never want to believe that. And even speaking those words makes you like cringe a little bit, like, oh, what's God going to do? Reality is we don't have control of anything. We like to think we do. We really think like if we just... The most two dangerous words that you can pray in your life is, God, use me. And if you pray it and you mean it, get ready. <laughs> and that's Okay. And it's such a hard place to be, but as you begin to, and I don't, I don't have it all figured out, trust me. Uh, there are things that happen in my life that I freak out about and I struggle with. And like, God, just give me the right perspective, give me the right perspective, and I'm still freaking out. And someday I'll be there, <laughs> okay, God, I'm okay with it. But it's hard. And I even say to myself, I know, I know that God has saved me. I know that God is in control. I know that God will use it for my good. I know all of these things, but it's so hard. To praise him, though he slay me, yet I will praise him. But that's part of praying without ceasing. God, you are, you are worthy. Psalm 145.2 says, Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever. May that be our heartbeat as we go through the day. God, whatever happens, I praise you. And that's what Paul is saying when he says rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give, ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's hard. It's easy when somebody else is going through it. You can tell them, hey, just pray without ceasing. Hey, just uh, keep depending upon the Lord. But it's so hard. And we pray God increase our faith. The last thing is it's a hard expression of direction. Uh, that not only is, a, it a, is it a dependence upon God, that I'm, you, I should be, God, use me, God, I surrender, but it, and also a declaration, God, you are worthy, God, we praise you, God, thank you, but it's also, God, show me what to do next, that I'm about ready to have this conversation, I have no idea what to say, God, I just want to trust you, give me the words to speak, uh, God, I just ran into this thing that I didn't expect, help me to understand. Help me to say the right, help me to be a good example of Christ in this situation. These are verses that you should be familiar with. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. See, he will direct your paths as you surrender to him. As you trust him. God, I wouldn't have chosen this in a million years, but I trust you. If you're new to Northampton, uh, three years of my wife and I's life at this church were the three hardest years of our ministry, not necessarily our life. I, I'll tell you something else I wasn't planning on telling you, but I'll tell you this. But I walked 
hundreds of miles, literally, in three years, and just praying, God, what are you doing? God, what do you want me to do? God, is it me? Is it us? Is it, what is it? For three years. And, you know, I, I shared that there's a, a guy that used to come here. I won't say his name, but I saw him at the natatorium and early on in the, in the three years. And when people ask you, how you doing? You, for me, it was always like, you know, it's, it's, it's all right. Like Eeyore, like, oh, you know, everything. And he's like, is your family good? Yeah, your kids good? Yeah, all right, you're good. <laughs> in other words, like, like grow up. Like, it's okay. That they're, they're, yes, minute, and so it, it changed our perspective. Yeah, uh, things are good. Things are great. Ministry's tough, but things are good. And God taught me a lot through that and, and grew me up in a lot of ways, personally, spiritually. But God still has a lot to do in my life for me. But what I found is that it, three years and hundreds of miles, I still didn't have an answer. And it's tough. But Paul Harvey has the rest of the story in a minute, and I'll tell you about that. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks, lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. And James goes on to say, ask and don't doubt. You'll be like a wave of the, you know, like you just, you'll be tossed around. Just, just ask and believe and let God show you. So how can I walk this out? That's the key to all this. So we want to get you from information to application that will lead to transformation in your life. So let me give you some practical things that you can do, that I can do, uh, to walk these things out, to pray without ceasing, to walk in dependence, to walk with declaration, to walk uh, with direction. Uh, because some of you, and I know this is true, that some of you say, I'm not even there yet. <laughs> like, don't talk to me about all this stuff. I just, I'm angry at God. I'm not talking to God. Can you let him know that I'm angry with him? And I'll talk to him later. Uh, I just want to encourage you, if that's where you are, to spend this week just talking to God. <laughs> and you're allowed to tell him how ticked off you are at him. You're allowed to tell him how angry you are. You're allowed to tell him how, that you're confused and you're, all those things. You're allowed to do that. I give you permission. If no one has given you permission, I give it to you today. Because I believe that when you are finally real with God, things will change. God, I think this stinks. <laughs> I can't stand what, is, what you've allowed to happen. God, I don't even believe in you anymore. And see what God does. But if that's not you, you say, I just want, I want to walk. I want to pray without ceasing. I want to walk in dependence. I want to walk in declaration. I want to walk in, in direction. First thing you need to do, and some of this is going to rub you the wrong way, uh, but you need to focus on being Mary. A Mary. Uh, some of you are like, no way, <laughs> you know. Uh, but what I mean is, what I mean is to just humble yourself and sit at the feet of Jesus. To look at your prayer journal and say, okay, I read one verse. That doesn't, that doesn't sit well because I'm going to read like 600 verses. That way I've done my, no. Just read that one verse and just read it again and just read it again and just read it again. What is God teaching you in that one verse? What is your response to God because of that one verse? And not just say, academically, I did it all. Look, God, I did it. Thank you. Gold star. Let's go. God, you've shown me that you are faithful to forgive me. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness to me that I don't deserve. Thank you. And that might just mean you're just sitting before God and just being quiet. And see what God does in your heart, in your life, when you stop being busy about doing things and just sit at his feet. The second thing you can do is, is in your own mind, have these prayer prompts. Uh, for years, anytime I hear sirens, 
Most any time, I'll be honest. <laughs> Not every time, like, oh, siren, oh. But often, you hear a siren, God, I just, I just, I pray for whoever that is, and whatever that situation is. I, God, may, may you, your, your presence be evident. Uh, whatever, you know, that, may that be a prayer prompt for you. Some of you, uh, this is important. When someone says to you, from this point on, I'm going to challenge you. When someone says to you, hey, can you pray for me? And they say, what don't say, I'll pray for you and walk away from them. Don't do that. If they say, no matter what, you're in the middle of a grocery store and you're talking about life and you're like, yeah, things are really rough. And like, don't say, I'll pray for you and then go on to the next aisle. Like, can I pray for you right now? I don't believe in accidents. I don't believe in coincidences. I think that, that God knows what he's doing. And so, and there have been times, and I will confess, and it's shame on me that I've been in the store and I know somebody that's in the store and I like go to the next aisle over, like, you know, and do one of those. I, I know. But I don't say that proudly. I say that because God may have had an opportunity there that I was like, eh, but I'm at Target. So, But that you would pray for them when somebody asks you for prayer or when you recognize the need to pray. Hey, can I pray for you? I don't know if anybody would say, mm, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> uh, it may be red lights. If, if, you're, uh, if you're like me, red lights and I are not friends. Uh, it almost becomes, I think I was in vacation, uh, not on vacation, but in the movie Vacation when things kept happening and you just started laughing like, just, I don't know what's going on. I mean, that's what happens to me that I, I go from one light, red light to the next red light and it becomes very comical to me that if you want to get anywhere, anywhere quickly, God's teaching me something in that and I get all of that. I don't want to learn the lesson, but I get it. But I tell you, I hit every light red, and, but, I, but maybe for me, I just need, okay, here I am. Instead of looking at my phone or looking around or getting mad and pounding the steering wheel, God... Um, and pray for whatever it is I need to pray for. Uh, if you're stuck in traffic, pray. If you're folding laundry, God, this is a, it's a captive time to pray. Uh, set times, I know we're way out of time, huh? Set times, it, understand that it's not about the position of your body, it's about the posture of your heart. That's true in worship. That's also true in prayer. That it's not about the position of your body, it's about the posture of your heart. But some of you need to get on your face before God. Some of you say, well, I can't get on my face because I won't get back up, and that's okay. Some of you need to get on your knees before the Lord and and just pray. But some of you just need to pray, period, and no matter what position you're sitting in, uh, even if you set alarms, morning, noon, and night, and it just says pray, and it goes off on your phone, like, okay, i got to pray. For about a year, we had an 8 o'clock alarm, a set time for leadership, that the alarm would go off, and uh, we knew that many people on the leadership team were praying together, even though we weren't together. Maybe it's at meals, uh, maybe it's during your drive time, whatever those set times are where you might have 20 minutes in the car. So instead of turning the radio on and listening to trash or turning the radio on and being distracted, I'm just going to pray. Last thing, and this is where I'm, the rest of the story is coming in, uh, is you need a journal. Uh, the prayer journals were made for a reason, uh, to get you to, to journal. <laughs> I like how I snuck that one in there. Uh, Journaling is so important. If you don't journal, it's time to get a journal. And I don't mean you have to get something that looks, you can get a spiral-bound notebook, whatever it is. It can be on your phone and in the notes section. You're just doing one of those. Or if you're one of these, whatever. Or you can speak into it. But I want to share with you, I don't want to, I don't know how much to share, I debate, but I want to tell you that I would have forgotten 
I would have forgotten what God has done had I not written it down. Because I am so apt to be like the Israelites. Like, God, what have you done for me lately? Well, I rescued you out of Egypt and I provided food for you every day and I led you all the way through. But yeah, but God, but our shoes haven't worn out. Yeah, but God. It's not story time, but uh, the beginning of a year ago, the beginning of January, I'm writing... <laughs> Roller coaster of emotions. God, what are you doing? Because there was supposed to be another youth pastor that we were having come in on Saturday before the week that he came. He said, ah, I'm not coming. <laughs> and, we're like, and I had to come up and stand up here and say, hey, by the way, the guy that we thought was going to be the guy is not even going to come candidate for the position. And so I'm like, great, God, thanks. This is after three years of, God, what do you want? God, what, is it me? Is it us? Is it, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? And you prayed those prayers. And... and I, On January 27th, I'm excited for this vision of discipleship that God had put on our hearts. That a year ago, on January 27th, I wouldn't have been able to tell you that except I had written it down, that we began on this path of getting serious about discipleship. And I'll say this, and I know I'm over time, but I'm going to say this. That I think that our focus on discipleship is what has changed this church. And some of you may not see it yet but it's, God is changing hearts and lives and doing some amazing things in people's hearts and lives and changing them to the, the point that we have people say, I wasn't going to be in a small group, but now if we're not going to be in a small group, I'm going to start one myself. I mean, stuff like that, that I, you know, my relationships are different because of what God is doing. And so on the 27th, I'm, just, I'm excited about that. And on the, on the 31st, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm exhausted. God, what are you doing? I mean, that's pouring out my heart. I'm telling you, you need to do this. Because and on Thursday, I'm crying out to God. And I end the day on Thursday that I'm thankful for your provision. I'm thankful you're in control. <laughs> but I, I would appreciate a glimpse of what you're doing. but I trust you. And on that Sunday, Nate and Shauna show up at our church. <laughs> and within a month, they're on staff. And that's a year ago. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm thankful for the goodness of God in our lives. And it's not to praise Nate and Shauna. I'm thankful for you guys. But I'm thankful for God who provided what we needed at just the right time. For me, at just the right time. Because God is good. And all the time. May you pray without ceasing. May you walk in dependence. May you walk in declaration. May you walk in God's direction. And see what God does. And walk it out for his glory.